So grab out your Bible and something to take some notes with. Uh, our kids know how to take notes better than you adults. They'll teach you one day how to take some notes. I know school is out, but we take a few notes, write them down. And uh, yeah, who wants to cheer and school is out? It's been amazing, right? You guys, uh, I don't know. Honestly, Christmas, Christmas kind of snuck up on me this year. Uh, I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but it wasn't like the magical lead up to Christmas like some years have been where it's like this, this ramp and everything feels good. I don't know if it, how it was in your house, but in ours, it was like we had the cold weather, which was great. And then it was like the hot weather, which all the mosquitoes woke up again. And then the cold weather and then the hot weather and then the flu. Come on, somebody. It was just amazing. And then like school and parties and sports and the flu again. And then it was like and then you figured out we're like a week away from Christmas and then the flu. And it was just amazing. It was just a great time leading up to Christmas. And then boom, Christmas is here. It's tomorrow. Like anybody not done your shopping yet? Anybody just a last minute panicker? Yes. Amen. Come on, people. Any of you guys like purists, you're going to have Christmas. Anybody already had Christmas? You just got it out of the way. There we go. Any of you purists, it happens tomorrow. It does not happen any other time. It's got to happen. Anybody this afternoon? Where are my afternoon people? Nobody? Nobody have. All right. So this is, this is our deal. We did Christmas yesterday. Just went ahead and knocked it out. Come on, somebody. And so it's just uh, amazing. So this weekend, no stress, no nothing. It's amazing for us. But honestly, I just, I, I was looking at the lead up these last couple of weeks and it was insanity around here at the church, uh, in the academy, in the back. So many people out with different things, so many different stressful things that popped up. It was like everything in the world wanted to derail this like ramp up to Christmas itself. Everything just seemed like it, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. And we can joke about it a whole lot because we do. That's kind of how we get through things as we joke. But honestly, these last couple of weeks have been like a snapshot of the year as a whole. Or honestly, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, it's been a snapshot of the last few years where you got to the end of the year. And if you're honest, uh, not a hundred percent of things went the way you thought they would. This year in particular, and some of you are like, yeah, 0% of the things went the way I thought they would, 0% of the things. And honestly, that's kind of been the story at the end of every year, the last few years, where you kind of got to the end and you're like, okay, I had all the plans and I had all the things written down and I got to the end of it and nothing worked out the way I thought. I look around at my world and there's still crisis and uncertainty. There's still things that didn't come through. There's still things that left me hanging. There's things that left me in a tragic moment. It's stuff I didn't think made up the majority of this year. And I'm looking around and there's darkness and I'm looking at, honestly, there's not a lot of hope. You're thinking of maybe it's things are going to change. Things just kind of ended in that way. And if we're honest, that is the Christmas story that 2000 years ago in maybe one of the darkest moments, in one of the most unexpected moments, in one of the most crises field moments that Jesus was born. That hope came into the world. And we're going to read it this morning all together. That 2,000 years ago, in the middle of political upheaval and uncertainty, in the middle of all of that, hope entered the world. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 1, it said, The virgin will conceive, talking about Mary, and she'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. It's this idea of the God, the Savior of the world, being with us. So if you're looking for hope this Christmas, just at the outset... Things haven't gone how you thought they would, but you're looking for hope. Remember that God is with us. Remember that God himself came down. That Emmanuel isn't that he sent an, an emissary, that he sent an envoy, that he sent his entourage, that he sent an angel. That he said God himself came down to rescue us. And I love how it phrases it in the book of Galatians. It says this in verse 4 of Galatians chapter 4. It says that God sent him to buy freedom. The verse before it, it said, but when it was the right time. 
When it was the right time. In Galatians 4, it says, when it was, and I want to remind you, it's, the wording of this says, when it was the right time. The right time, God sent Jesus into the world. And I want to just remind you that the right time was a bad time. The right time wasn't like when it, everything was great and everything was beautiful and everything was working out and all people were good and everything was happy. That was the right. No, no, the right time that God chose. The right time was a bad time. Full of political upheaval, full of darkness. And I want to pull that one up, Galatians 4. When the right time came, when the right time God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. This is Jesus. And then watch in verse 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children when the right time came. Even though it was a bad time, even though all the things were happening around it, the right time that God sent Jesus to come for him to rescue us. But it doesn't always look the way we would expect it to. And so if I had to title this message, we call it just Christmas 2023. But if I had to give it a title, and I was thinking if I had to title like the year or even the last few years, the title I would give it is, this was not what I expected. How many, come on somebody, anybody, this was not what I expected. It's just not what I, what I was thinking of. It's just not, when I think of this phrase though, and I, I was thinking this week of something that would just culminate it all. It, it's not what I expected to happen. It's not how I expected it to go. It's not where I expected it to be. All of these things, they culminate on us. And when I thought of this phrase, this is not what I expected. When I thought about this, uh, this thought came to my mind of this uh, Pinterest or Instagram fad that has gone around where somebody does something amazing and then everybody else tries to copy it. You guys have seen this? Like there's something incredible. You guys have tried this, right? Where you see somebody, a parent or a woodworker or an amazing artist or a creative person who decorates their house. You see something that they do and you're like, I could do that. That would, I, I bet I could, Alyssa will bring me pictures of like furniture at Target that only costs like a hundred bucks. And she's like, this would be something fun to pick up for the kids. And I'm like, you know what? For twice the money and five times the effort, I can make something half as good. Come on, somebody. Like I can, I can just give me six months and I will make that little table. Just give me, just get in. We'll be half as good as that thing. And we will spend a whole lot more. It's amazing. You think about it, you see these things and you're like, I can do that. I can pull that off. And the difference between the reality and the expectation is vastly wide. The difference between what you see on that screen, that thing that that amazing person did, and what you actually end up with are light years apart. And so I got a couple of them I thought were funny. I thought I'd show you guys today. Because here is the expectation, especially at Christmas time. You see this. Here's the expectation, right? This beautiful picture. You're going to get all your kids together. They're going to hold the letters. It's going to be amazing. Here's the reality, everybody. Come on, throw us the There we go. <laughs> I mean, no, that is exactly what all of your Christmas pictures look like. That's, the, <laughs> that's what's real right there. That's a, come on here, show another. This is the expectation of the Christmas tree. Look how beautiful they designed that thing. Here's the expectation. Here's the reality. But this was when you do it. This is <laughs> how sad is that guy? Look at this thing. Honestly, I thought this one looked good too. I was like, this. I wouldn't even get close to this if we do. Come on, one more up there. Here's the expectation. You take your family down to you know to the mall or here at Oak Point. You're going to go to the Christmas. Take a picture with Santa Claus. It's going to be amazing. They're going to smile. They're going to love it. Santa Claus is going to thank you for bringing your children. It's going to be amazing. He's going to say, "What wonderful children you have! How amazing it is that you brought them to visit me this Christmas." That's how. It's, that's what the. That's the expectation. Here's the reality. Come on, somebody. Reality. It's a little bit different on those. This is actually our kids a few years ago. This is our kids freaking out. They're sitting right here on the front row, Ryland and Elijah. <laughs> 
The reality never meets the expectation. They scream and they cry and they're scared of Santa Claus and Santa Claus is scared of them. It's an amazing time. It's just the way... The reality never seems to hit the expectation. We didn't think it would end up this way. But really, honestly, I was thinking if January is all about lists... January is all about saying, okay, this is how I think the year should go. This is how I'm expecting to be this year. This is what I'm expecting to happen. Then December seems to be this, I don't know, moment where we look at everything that didn't go according to plan. And it kind of piles up on us at the end of the year. We had the expectations and then the reality just didn't add up. We thought it would be a dream year and it ended up being a nightmare. It's not what I expected. I didn't think it would end this way. And I think a lot of us are experiencing that at the end of the year. Things that we didn't expect. And I want to bring you some hope because I believe that even Mary bringing Jesus into the world had some things happen that she didn't expect. Even at the moment of Christmas, even when Jesus, God Almighty, was being born into the world, things happened that they didn't expect. And I'm going to show you how God still used it for good. How God still was at work even in the middle of something she did not expect. You got your Bibles this Christmas Eve. I want to look in Luke chapter 2. Some of you have already read it this weekend. You'll read it tomorrow morning. But Luke chapter 2 starts in verse 1. Luke chapter 2. And we'll have it up on the screen. If you brought your Bible, look at it. Otherwise, we'll have it up here. It says, at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And so they're going to count all of the people. Now, if we read this quickly, it says that Serenus was governor of Syria. This is the first census that was taken in this time period. And if you read over all of these details, just to kind of skip to later in the story, you will miss some of the things that are actual realities to Mary in this moment. Realities to all of the people. We'll miss the details that we talked about a little bit last week. we got to understand Mary is eight to nine months pregnant at this moment. All right, so this is already a stressful time. This is eight to nine months pregnant in the Middle East. It is hot. It is terrible. They are having a terrible time, and she already has enough stress. And then the government announces we're going to take a census. It's going to be amazing. There's political upheaval. The occupying government is like, we're going to count how many of your people are left, which is enough to make anybody nervous, right? Like, this is a moment... That they have to now travel. They are reminded of the fact they are not in control. They're reminded of the fact there is chaos in the world. And now she's got to travel for the census. And you got to figure she's not going to travel to her own side of the family. She's going to the in-laws. Come on, somebody. Like she's headed out to go not to her house, but to Joseph, her husband's house. And we'll read that in verse 4. It says, Joseph also went up, descendant of King David, to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled from the village of Nazareth in Galilee and took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, now expecting the child. This is Jesus. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Remember the right time. We read all the upheaval. We read the census. We read eight, nine months pregnant, having to walk or having to ride a donkey. All of this way. All of this happened. But the right time came and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth. She laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So let's picture this. This is the son of God coming to earth. And you remember early in the story, Mary has this amazing moment where the angel comes and tells her, you're going to have a son. It's going to be Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And Mary's probably thinking this amazing announcement. And the angel was there and the sun was shining and I was singing and it was amazing. And all this amazing announcement of the birth. It's got to be an amazing delivery as well, right? She's just, I, I, that's, I just can't imagine anything different. 
that the angel came and told me. That he told Joseph that this announcement was made. And so she probably set up all her plans. If you ever had a baby, you set up plans, right? On like what's going to happen and where you're going to go. We like plotted like here's the way to get to Oshner on O'Neill. And here's like the path you have to take. And if traffic is bad. And here's the relatives you call at 3 a.m. to take the rest of your kids. Come on, somebody. Because you got to go have the baby. And all these things you plan and you're ready. And then in the 11th hour, in the last moment, chaos breaks out. Amazing announcement. The angel came. Everything looked great. And then suddenly they've got to go travel all of these miles. And she's got to walk or ride the donkey eight, nine months pregnant. And all of this political upheaval happens. And she's probably headed there to have the baby. And there's no hospital when the baby's finally ready to be born. And so they're looking. There's no doctor to be found. And there's no place to have the child. There's no bed available except for like the back of somebody's house where they keep the animals. And there's a manger and there's hay and there's straw. And Mary has to be thinking, this is not what I pictured. You think your holiday plans got complicated. Come on, somebody. You imagine this birth story. And she's thinking, this is not what it looks like. I asked you last week, you ever think, she thinks like we screwed up. Like God himself sent an angel to tell us we're going to have the Messiah. And then we ruined everything about it. Like everything just went wrong. Everything went wrong that could have been chaos. You think this moment, here's the question for you, why? Why would God in all of his sovereignty choose this way for his son to come into the world? It doesn't make sense. Like if I was God, I'm writing this story. Let's say if I was the one who was coming up, it would be like this earth shattering moment where the heavens peel back and he descends, right? Like on a cloud and there's gold and like trumpets and all. It would be this. Honestly, it'd be like the movie Aladdin, Prince Ali, Fabulous He, Ali Ababa, anybody, right? Like this, like the elephant kicking down the door and the dancers and the sea. That's what he would picture, but it wasn't. And the only thing I can come to grips with that God did it differently. I think Christmas sets a precedent For how we should interpret our lives. How we need to understand the things that happen to us. And it's simply this, that God does his best miracles in the middle of our messy situations. The greatest miracle God ever did came into a messy situation. The right time that God decided to do the greatest miracle of all. The right time for that was absolute chaos for every other character in the story. You think about this. I think God laughs a little bit about that. I don't know. That's just me personally. But the right time he chose was utter chaos for everybody else involved. A messy manger scene. That's where he's at. A messy situation is where he's at. And so if you feel like your life is a mess, perfect. It is the exact environment that God uses to do his greatest miracles in the midst of messy situations. That is hope this Christmas. We see it all throughout scripture. Later on in Jesus' life, he and the disciples are out in a boat. And storms come over the water. And it says that the waves started to come over the sides of the boat and began to fill with water. And you know where Jesus was? Jesus is sleeping in the stern on a cushion. Come on, somebody. I love that they put him on the cushion. They just make the details just amazing. And the disciples woke him up saying, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Chaos. Jesus sleeping peacefully. Chaos for all the other characters involved. Don't you care? And Jesus wakes up and watch this. When he woke up, he rebuked the wind. He said to the wave, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. The disciples got there. The storm is all around them. They start freaking out. You know why? Because they forgot who was in the boat with them. They started looking at the storm around them. They've seen him do miracles. They've seen amazing things happen, but they got their eyes on the storm around them and they forgot to remember. Wait, 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 wait. This is Jesus in the boat. This is Jesus with us. See, the question is not, will life have troubles? That's not the question we ask ourselves. I just will guarantee you life has troubles, everybody, all right? I'll just be happy with you for this Christmas morning. You say, Ben, be more positive. I am positive life has troubles. Life is full. 
It's like a reverse Forrest Gump situation going on. Life is like a box of troubles. You just don't know which one you're going to get. Come on, somebody. Life will have troubles. The question is not, will it have troubles? The last few years have shown us life is full of chaos, uncertainty. We are not in control of so many things. Life is full of trouble. The question you should be asking yourself is not, does life have trouble? But who do I have with me when life has troubles? Who's with me in the boat when life turns? The miracle of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. That God is with us. That we know we're going to walk through trouble. We know we walk through chaos and heartache. We know the things that will happen, but God himself is with us. And I believe as we look back at Mary's story, that what brought her hope in the midst of chaos, what brought her hope in the midst of that first Christmas, we're remembering the child was Emmanuel, God with us. Remembering that God himself had announced it, that this was God with her. And this wasn't just Mary reminding herself. She had a whole group that showed up to remind Mary of the fact that this was a special child. The first one were the shepherds. These are the shepherds keeping watch by their flocks nearby. I don't know what your birth story was if you have had a child lately. Uh, My wife and I have had three kids. There was never a moment. The last thing in the world that we wanted were shepherds in the field nearby coming by for a visit. That's just like the last thing... I don't know about you. That's the last thing in the world that I would want to happen in this moment. But the shepherds show up. They show up in the night and they're going to tell Mary this moment. And I read this this week. I thought it was funny. You guys know I love church signs. And so here is one of those moments when the shepherds come. Watch this. It says, Mary, exhausted, having just gotten Jesus to sleep, is approached by a young man who thinks to himself, what this girl needs is a drum solo. Come on, somebody. (laughs) A little drummer boy. We're going to do a whole series on funny Christmas carols one year. That's going to be amazing. But in the story, the shepherds decide it's their job to show up and tell Mary, Mary, wait, 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 that baby is incredible. That baby, that's the savior of the world. Mary, I don't know what chaos has happened. I don't know what's been going on lately, Mary. I don't know all these things. But what I do know is what the angel just told us. That's the Messiah that's been foretold. That's the Messiah that's coming to the world. They're reminding her and watch what Mary does in this messy situation. Luke chapter two, verse 19. But Mary treasured up. All of these things and ponder them in her heart. Imagine that you ever ask, like, what is there to treasure in this, like this chaos? What is there to treasure in this story for Mary? What is there in a time where she didn't get the birth story that she wanted? She didn't get the location that she wanted. She's with a bunch of people. She probably didn't want to be around the time of real chaos and political upheaval that she didn't ask for. And the shepherd should be like, hey, 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 remember this child. This is the miracle worker. This is the way maker. This is the Messiah. I know all of this looks crazy. She had this group show up just to tell her, hey, Mary, I know everything else looks not. I know you maybe maybe you feel like you ruined it all. Maybe you feel like everything is chaos. But remember the one who is now with us, the Messiah. And if I can just be a shepherd for you guys today, I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what upheaval. I don't know what chaos. I don't know what things. But if I can just remind you, hey, 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 Christmas means Emmanuel, God with us. That God is with us, that he is with you right now in whatever it is you are walking through, that God is with us. And they're reminding her. And at that moment, Mary has to make a decision. And honestly, a decision I'm just going to offer up to you guys to make this Christmas here at the end of the year. And one more time, you might miss it in verse 19. It says, but Mary treasured up all of these things and she pondered them in her heart. What are these things that she treasured? Like, I'm open to being wrong, but I don't think she treasured, like, the political upheaval and all the things that were happening in the nation. Some of you guys, you know who you are. You do treasure political upheaval. I don't know. Leave the rest of us alone this Christmas, right? But some of them, Mary, I'm guessing she's not, like, treasuring 
like all of this, this fighting and wars and things. She's not treasuring how bad the political situation. She's not treasuring how bad it is with her in-laws. She's not treasuring that there was no room in it. That's not the thing she's treasuring. I think she treasured up the fact that she now had the God of the universe with her. She's treasuring the fact that she has a decision to make that all of us have to decide. Not just at Christmas, but in the middle of chaos. Are we going to focus on the things around us and the upheaval and the problem and the thing we're going through? Are we going to focus on the miracle of Emmanuel, God with us? you got a decision to make in the middle of it. I can't make the decision for you. I can just present. And I want to remind you, Jesus is in the midst. So when you are waiting on your miracle or you're waiting on whatever it is, or you are in the middle of the messy situation, two things that we need to do that help us remember what it means that God is with us. Two things. Number one is simply this. You remember what God has said. You've got to remember what God has said. Remember, these shepherds come to Mary, and they're like, hey, 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 Mary. Mary, I know it looks like craziness. Mary, I know. And in Luke 2, they come and they say, they say, Mary, I know all these things. What are they doing? They're reminding Mary, Mary, God has said I know everything looks different, but remember, Mary, when the angel spoke to you. Remember when he said it was Emmanuel. Remember when he said he would set his people free. Remember when he said his kingdom would never end. Remember what he said. And in the middle of these situations, we either get our eyes on the things around us or we get our eyes on the God who loves us. This is a chance for Mary to make a decision. We need to hold the promises of God. Listen, when you don't understand what you see, remember what God has said. When you don't understand what things are happening around you and you can't put two and two, when the reality is not what the expectation was, remember what God has said. Mary has a choice which says, this isn't what I expected. There's certain times in your life you have to hold to the truth of God's word. And I don't know what those verses, you can find them for yourself, but just a few that I have said in my own life in Galatians chapter 6, where I feel like, okay, this is too much, I'm going to give up. Or I don't think I can push this any further. I don't think this thing is going to happen. Or I don't think this is going to come. I remember what God has spoken. I remember what God says. That don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in the middle of that. Don't grow weary when things look like chaos or too tired or too much. Or it's not going to work. Don't grow weary because you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. You remind yourself of what God has said. I think of Romans chapter 8. What will we say in response to all of these things? What should we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Remember Jeremiah, we talks to God, says, I am the Lord of all, of all, all mankind, all those who walk on this earth. I am the Lord of all. Is anything too hard for me? You've got to remind yourself when you're in the middle of it. It's why I encourage notes, by the way, when you're reading your Bible in your devotion time and you see a verse that sticks out to you and you're like, but things are sunny and things are happy and things are, I'm not going to write the verse down. It's great. It's in there, but it's, I promise you, you write those things down because then when you go through it, when you're in the middle of it, you reference those verses. You begin to call out on the God who does save. You begin to remember Emmanuel, God with us. It is a rock in the middle of your storm. You got to remember what God has said. And then what else do we do? We remember what God has done. You remember what God has seen. Mary still had a choice to make. The miracle was in the midst. The baby was there, but really the miracle wasn't the way it would be years later. It wasn't the way it would be. See, Jesus was just the little baby. He didn't look like the Savior of the world. Didn't look like the full-fledged miracle at the moment. But she had to remember, wait, wait, wait. Before I get frustrated on what I don't see, I'm going to get fixated on what God has already done. Let me not just get so frustrated that the miracle isn't where I thought it should be by this moment. Let me get fixated on the God who has done miracle after miracle after miracle in my life. There are certain times in life where you feel like, okay, I'm just not where I want to be. And I'm going to hold, though, to the fact that God has done miracles. 
that God has answered. That God has been there for me so many times in the past. And I'm not going to get frustrated just because I'm not where I want to be right now. Just because it doesn't look how I thought it should by this point. Listen, remembering what God has done in the past gives me that hope. It gives me that faith. It gives me that trust that he will not fail me in the future. You remember what God has done. You're in it this Christmas Eve. I understand that. You're in it in this moment. Listen, the miracle might be in the midst of it and you're waiting for it, but God has been good to you already. God has done miracles already. I'm just telling you, don't get frustrated waiting for the miracle. Pause right now this Christmas Eve and remember how good God has been to you. Remember the things God has done for you. Sometimes it's so easy to forget. Some of you right now this Christmas Eve, that marriage you're in, you don't deserve that marriage. Those kids that are sitting next to you are a miracle of God that God has given you. That house or that car that you're in, that thing is a miracle God answered years past. And we forget all of those things just because of something we can't see right now. Don't do that. Make the choice. I'm going to remember what God has said. I'm going to remember what God has done. That God has been good to me. That God has done miracles in my life. That God has saved us, delivered us, transformed us, changed us. That he is the God who has answered our call. That he is Emmanuel God with us. We might not be as far along as we want to be, but praise God, we're not where we used to be. Come on, somebody. That God has done miracles in our life. That God has been good to us. Let me leave you with the words of Solomon before we light these candles. He says, and this Christmas Eve, I want you to claim that this Christmas Eve, I call this to mind. I call this to mind and therefore I have what? Hope. I call it to mind and therefore I have hope. I don't care about the reality and the chaos around us. I don't care about the ideas that try to assail us. I don't care. It says, I call this to mind because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed. Because of the Lord's great love, I'm just going to tell you, I know this year tried to consume you. I know this year tried to undo you. I know this year tried to destroy you. But because of his great compassions, they are new. Every morning great is his faithfulness. That in the middle of it, when it's not what we expected, when the situation is messy, here's the hope. Jesus does his best miracles in the midst of our messy situation. And even when we see the storm around us, even when we see the chaos that tries to undo us, we remember what God has said. We remember what God has done. That 2,000 years ago, Christmas, God himself stepped down and became our Emmanuel. God with us. Bow your heads and pray with me today. Lord, we come to you this Christmas Eve and we need hope. There are so many that are struggling, God. So many who are in it right now. And God, right now we need hope. And so we remember the greatest miracle of Christmas, that you came down. Jesus, you were born as a baby, that you came to give your life as the Lamb of God. And so we remember that even in the middle of our situation, even in our darkness, the light of hope has come. That you are Emmanuel, God, with us. We find hope in these two things. We remember what you've said. And we remember what you've done. And right now, this Christmas Eve, I cannot think of a better time to ask a question. Just if you're here, you're watching online, maybe you got invited or maybe you just, I don't know, you kind of showed up and you're not really sure why you're here. You're not really sure. And you heard all of this about God's rescue plan. About how God came to earth to save us. And maybe you're here this moment and you're thinking, well, I, I just... It sounds all great, but Ben, I am about as far from God as I could possibly be. 
And all of this about the rescue plan and all of this about God's redemption and all of this about forgiveness, it all sounds great. But I ruined it a long time ago and so there's no real chance for me. Listen to me. If you hear nothing else this Christmas time, I want you to hear this, that God himself came to rescue you. That God himself loves you more than you could possibly imagine. That God has a rescue plan that he put into place. That I don't care how far you think you have run. And I don't care how far you think you have gone. I don't care what you think you have done. Listen to me. He stands ready to rescue you. And if you hear nothing else, he loves you and he wants you. If nobody else ever wanted you. If nobody else ever loved you, listen, God loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ is available for you. For you. And the Bible says Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's for you. You say, well, how does that happen? How do I know that I'm saved? Jesus gave his life on the cross. The Bible says he died, was buried, but God raised him from the dead that anyone could call on his name. You're not saved by doing a bunch of good things. You're not saved by by attending the right church or by doing the right thing or by just, just being nice to people. Those are all good things, but it's not how you're saved. The Bible says there is one way to be saved and it's calling on the name of Jesus. It's calling on the name of Jesus putting your trust in him repenting of your sins and following him that's how you're saved and you can do that right now in this moment right now I just want to pray with you I'm not going to make you raise your hand or come to the front I'm not looking to embarrass you in front of your friends or your family or whoever it is right now this moment is you deciding you saying I want that I believe Jesus that you died for me that I want to be saved So right now, our church, we've made it our mission that we will pray this prayer with anybody who wants to pray it. So if you want to make that decision right now, all you have to do is pray this prayer with us. I can give you the words. You have to say them and mean them in your own heart. But right now, you can be saved. So church, let's pray with them. Nobody prays alone. Say these words. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sin, of all my mistakes. I believe you died on the cross and I believe you rose again and I make you the Lord of my life in Jesus name and all God's church said amen and amen come on church yeah, let's say praise for what God has done today church let's go into a moment now we're going to begin to pass out the candles let's just spend a moment in quiet worship together as we do so
Hey, stand up with me today. This is a moment I look forward to every year in our church. We're going to light these candles. And as we do it, we're going to sing. And I just, I just want you to pay attention during this moment. As the light spreads, and I'll light my candle first, and then light the front row, they'll light the back. And you'll watch the light begin to spread. And as it does, the darkness in the room starts to retreat to the corners until it's gone. And it's just a picture of what God's light does in our lives. And it's a picture of no matter what this year has held. If you're in it, if you've come through it. But a picture of the light of Christ that shines in every dark area of our lives. share this moment. My family's here on the front row. But more than that, I love to share it as one church family. That whatever the year held, whatever things that happened, we hold to this truth, we hold to this hope. That Emmanuel is God with us. That he does love us. That he is still with us. That he holds us midst of our darkness, even in the midst of our pain, He still holds us. As we light up, come on church, let's sing together, can we?
the room. It's just a reminder, 2,000 years ago, the light of the world stepped down. It came to rescue us. It's just a beautiful picture of what God does in our lives. That's my prayer this Christmas. The light of God would shine in your light, in your family. The blessing of God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. You can blow out your candles. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey, have a great week. Be blessed as you go.